Wow. Man, are you glad to be here this morning or what? Can I get a woohoo from you if you're glad to be here this morning? Now, if you're visiting with us and you're like, what in the world is up with these people? Hey, we enjoy the grace of God around here. And we believe in the grace of God. And we want you to experience the grace of God. Because we truly believe that it changes lives. It has an impact. Something changes when you come in contact with the grace of God. What was before is no longer. What is now has never been before. And what is to be, man, you just wait. Wow. And so we come together and we sing and we, we pray and we, we spend time in bread and cup and we, we talk and we, we give hugs and we give high fives and every once in a while we'll give a woohoo because the grace of God is just that, man, it's just that good. If you are visiting with us this morning, we are so thankful that you are here. Be sure to stop by our Connection Center as you are on your way out. And we'll have a um, nice little uh, goodie for you. If you wouldn't mind going by and picking that up, we'd love to be able to meet you. Help you get to a Bible class that will be meeting here in just a few moments. Also, I want you to know that as you're going out today... There's going to be an area as you um, go out into our lobby and if you turn to the left here or if you go out um, to your right, my left, you're going to have to turn back to the right. But go back in the lobby area, you'll see it. And and there's going to be an area for you individually or for you and your family. Um, There's going to be an area for you to be able to, to get a picture with a sign similar to this that says, Because of Grace. And and there's going to be some different answers on there for you. And you're going to get to choose, Because of Grace, I... And and you just look through those different pictures and things that are there. And and you choose which statement best represents grace for you. And, And then you're going to get your picture made. And you're going to post that picture um, throughout social media. Uh, Because we don't want grace to be something that is hidden within the walls of this church building. We don't think grace is something that God has given us that we should just hold on to and and keep it in our pocket and, and not let anybody else know what's going on with it. We want to share it and we want for you to be instruments of that grace. And so as you're going out, Miss Amy's already been taking, I know, some pictures this morning. As you go out, you'll see the area and you can pick up a sign similar to this and you can get your picture made and it'll go out on social media and it's going to be a great witnessing tool. Uh, for you. Um, I want to start this series off this morning uh, by introducing you to uh, two of our staff members that maybe you have uh, seen but not had an opportunity maybe to talk to a lot. Uh, We have a lot of new people who have come to East Brainerd over the last um, year and uh, we are very blessed here with our staff and have some some wonderful men and women who are part of that. And so I thought it would be good to um, introduce some of our staff people to you today uh, and let you know just a little bit more about them. So I've asked our youth ministers, Sean and uh, Sean White, Nikki Fox, uh, to come and join me on stage. And, and we're going to, just for a few minutes, have a nice little round of a game called Never Have I Ever. Now, <laughs> this is an opportunity for, for others to meet uh, these staff guys. And Here we go, just hold that because I'm guaranteeing there's going to have to be some explanations given. Um, And we have enjoyed having you guys on staff. And we hope that you remain on staff after we 
we learn a few things um, about you. Now, if you're not familiar with this game, uh, I'm going to say, uh, never have I ever, and uh, give a statement of some kind of action or event. And the two of them, they have nice little cards made by my daughter. She worked really hard on these last night. And one side says never, and that means that, no, they've never done what it is that I'm going to ask them about. The other side says yes, meaning we'll have to talk about employment when we're done. Now we're going we're to start easy just to give everybody a little idea about, about you guys and about how you, um, how you go about things. So never have I ever worn something once and then taken it back to the store. Never have I ever worn something once and then taken it back to the store. Now Sean, Sean had no doubts. Nikki is, no you wouldn't do that. No, no Nikki you wouldn't. Now Sean. So, Sean, that's happened to you? Yeah. Um, we shot a video at my last job for a Christmas video. Notice he said his last job. And, <laughs> and I, I, I bought a Christmas sweater that was like an ugly Christmas sweater. It was for like 30 minutes of use. So I tucked the tag in and took it back. It was like 60 bucks. So I will say, you know. But it, the that video must have been turned one out great. ugly Christmas sweater for sixty bucks. All right. That's why you go to Goodwill because yes, it's two dollars. There you go. All right. Well, thank you for uh, giving us that insight. Um, never have I ever walked into the wrong bathroom. <laughs> now I thought I would choose some questions that the audience could identify with, you know. And let, let me just be honest about something. I'll say something about myself. Okay, I could hold up the yes on that. Cracker Barrel plays with your mind. Can I get amen or a woohoo on that one? I mean, some Cracker Barrels you go to, you walk in and your restroom is on the left. And you'll walk into another Cracker Barrel in another city. And you know what? They have the same menu. They have the same items all there in their store. But then you go to the restroom and you walk in and no, your restroom's not on the left. It is now on the right. That is just wrong. You know? I mean, right? All right. So you guys feel my pain. I, I, feel, I, I feel yours in, in that. How about this one? Never have I ever pretended not to be home when someone came and rang the doorbell that I did not want to talk to. <laughs> you know that's lying, right? I, I mean, that, I do that when my kids are home sometimes. <laughs> I'm just kidding. That's a joke. I mean, that. Mm. It's a lie. Mm, that's. I would say, Doctor Hayes, is no, that lying? Doctor, that there is. is no like rule. There's n in this good book that says you have to answer the door when someone knocks on it. Only Jesus. Jesus says, I stand at the door and that's knock. The only question you need to answer for. It's, but how do you know that person is not from Jesus? Because it says also in the good book that we have entertained angels without knowing it. So that person at your door could have been from the Lord. I don't know. See, and this is why we hired Nikki. That is, that, that's it. Right. To balance out. Now, okay. Here. Um, all right. Let's do this one. How about this one? Never have I ever, and, and, and this one, I think we're going to be in a good spot, all right? I think we're going to be better than the last ones. Never have I ever been arrested. <laughs> I see this game as picking on Sean. <laughs> uh, yes. 
Uh, uh, truth be told, it, it's the elders did know about this at my hiring. <laughs> you know, hey, Paul was arrested. Touche. Touche. And it was a very innocent thing involving water balloons and a pickup truck and trying to evade the police. It was very, um, very, 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 very innocent. So, um, so that's good. Um, oh, now, now here's the one that I am, that I'm really, that I'm really interested in. I mean, all those others are good and it lets everybody know a little bit about the two of you. But this one is the one that really gets to your heart, okay? Never have I ever checked social media during Chris's sermon. You we know, have one youth minister <laughs> who does a great job. Sometimes you just want to tweet with Chris. That's says. right. I understand. You were tweeting what it was yeah. that I was, right. was going to say. All right. Awesome. Right. Uh, you know, it, it, is, it is great to be able to learn things about each other. And I, I appreciate these guys um, and their being good sports with everything. Uh, here's the real reason that I brought them up. Not to... Um, not to let you know about their deepest, darkest secrets. Not to let you know how that Nikki is the best youth minister that we have on staff. Um, the most righteous. Um, no, it's for this one. And you guys can answer it too. Never have I ever let God down. We join you in prayer. Father, we wish we could hold up the sign that says never. We wish that we could say, no, I've never, I've never turned my back. I've never lost faith. I've never shouted out in anger. I have never screamed cursings. I, I have never turned, never turned away someone in need. We wish we could say we've never cheated, that we've never been unfaithful. We wish we could say that we'd never lost passion. We wish we could say that we were, had never become discouraged. We wish we could say that, that there was never a moment, never a time when we were not beside you, when we were not holding to you, when we were not praising you. But Father, it's just not the case. You speak truth when you say that we have all sinned and fallen short of your glory. And that is a truth that we feel the weight of each and every day. But Father, you have also spoken truth when you have told us that there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So because of grace, even though we have disappointed and let you down we call out to you today and praise you and thank you and because of grace we look forward to the day when we see you face to face it's in the name of grace Jesus Christ that we pray amen thanks guys There's a guy in your Bible by the name of Simon. 
that said, never will I ever. He said, never will I ever. Even if everybody else runs away, I will stay here. Even if others say they don't know who you are, I will always say, I know you, Lord. Even if others doubt, I will remain true in my faith. Even if others will not defend you, I will come to your defense. I will give my very life for you. Never will I ever. That's what Simon Peter said. Now maybe you already know some things about Simon Peter. Maybe you know how he also said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And that Jesus would look at him and say, what a great statement, Simon. Because, because of this, I am going, I'm going to build my church. I'm going to call out people left and right from the far reaches of the globe for generation after generation. And there's nothing in hell itself that's going to be able to stand up against the faith of these men and women. Maybe you know that story about Simon. Maybe you know that Simon Peter. Maybe you know the one that says, hey, I'm never going to let you down, Lord. I'm never going to let you down. I'm always going to believe. I'm always going to trust. At the very end of the Gospel of John, we have a picture of Simon that might surprise you. If you want to open up your Bibles, you're welcome to do so. It's in John chapter 21. And there's Simon Peter. He is on a boat. Now that shouldn't surprise you because he was a fisherman. And the first time that we run into to Simon at any time, there he is. He's, he's fishing. Jesus will walk and call him and say, hey, look, you and your buddies, you guys come and follow me. And they'll let down their nets and they'll follow. And so there he is on a boat. There he is again after a long night of not having caught anything. And I just wonder as he sat there, I wonder if in his mind he played the never have I ever game. And I wonder if he thought never have I ever felt so alone. Never have I ever felt so low. Never have I ever felt just so beaten down. As he thinks back over the events that had been taking place the last few weeks, it had been a whirlwind. He had made the statement, he had promised that even though everyone else might stumble, that he would not. And then came the mob, and then came the shouts. He was there. Scripture says that he followed from a distance. He was loyal from a distance. He prayed, but from a distance. That night, he went close enough to see, but not close enough to be seen, or so he thought. He was watching all the things that were taking place with Jesus, hoping, hoping that he could be just far enough away, just out of sight, but just close enough. It wasn't once, wasn't twice, but three different times individuals would see him. 
Individuals would come, they would confront him, claiming that he had been with Jesus. And there was his moment, there was his time. He had promised it before. I will never run, I will never stumble, I will never forsake you. Here was his moment. He says, I don't know who he is. All right, so yes, I blew it. But the next time, I'm going to do right. The next time, I'm not going to go there. And the next time, I'm not going to say that. And the next time, I'm not going to get involved in that. The next time, I'm going to be stronger. My faith is going to sustain me. The next time, the next time. We say, yes, I failed when it came. But there's going to be another time. And it's going to be all right. And the next time comes and Peter says, I don't know the man. I don't know him. Have you felt, have you felt like Simon before? Where you, where you had said, you know what? I know I blew it and I messed up, but I'm not going to do it again. I'm not going to take the drink. I'm not going to go on the date. I, I, I'm not going to put myself in that kind of situation. I'm not going to have those thoughts. I'm not going to react that way anymore. I'm going to have a different focus. Yes, this is what I did this time. But next time, Lord, you can count on me. And the opportunity comes. And for the second time, you have to say, yes, I failed, Lord. But hey, there's a third opportunity. A third chance for Peter to be able to, to be the man that he, that he knows himself to be. To stand up for the Lord. And again, a third time comes. And again, a third time, he just sinks back into the shadows and says, it's not me. I don't know the man. And as I picture Peter as he's there on the boat, as he's thinking back over the events, thinking, never have I ever. I just have to think that probably going through his mind... He thought, never have I ever, never have I ever seen eyes like those of Jesus when he looked at me. See, the story of the trial of Jesus, when, when Peter makes his third denial, the text simply says that the Lord turned and looked straight at Peter. And Peter's response was to go and to weep bitterly. To look into the eyes of the Christ. To look into the eyes of his friend. To look into the eyes of his teacher. To look into the eyes of the one that said, never will I ever. And yet there it was. It wasn't just there for friends to see. It wasn't just family that he had let down. But he had let down his Savior and his God, the Christ. And the Christ had turned and looked at him. Never have I ever. It wasn't the first time Jesus had seen a failure of Peter's. One of the first instances where they spend time together, Peter and his companions had been out fishing. They had had zero luck. They had just come back. They were in the process of putting all their nets away. And Jesus had been teaching. He sees the empty boat and he says, you know what? I would like to go out. I want to go out a little further from shore. Can I be in your boat? I want to have a better view of the crowds. I want to amplify my voice a little better. And 
Peter explained and said, look, we have been out all night long. We've been out all night long, and I'll just be honest with you. We failed. We're not like Ron Rogers. We can't catch big fish. We failed. Jesus says, why don't you just let me in the boat? Let me in the boat, and why don't you take me with you this time? And why don't you go out to deep water, and why don't you let down your nets again? Peter argues, and he tries to explain. I mean, after all, what does this rabbi know about fishing? This is Peter's life. This is Peter's game. This is what he knows. This is how he's been raised. And here comes some itinerant preacher, and he's willing to give him instruction on how to do his life. But Peter has seen just enough. And Peter has experienced just enough. And so he says, all right, if you say so, we'll go out and we'll let down the nets again. And so they go out into the deep, and maybe you know this part of the story. How they go out and begin to put the nets down, and as they begin to draw them back in, the fish become so full in the net that Peter has to call the boat of his companions to be able to hold all the fish that's coming. And it's there in that instance that Peter falls down to his knees before Jesus. And he says, go away from me, Lord. Because I'm a sinful man. You see, Peter knows in that instance. He knows in that instance that he's in the presence of something amazing. And Peter knows who he is. And Peter knows what he's about. And Peter knows, you know what? I get, my, I get in trouble a lot of time with my mouth and I, I, I don't always do the right things and I'm very impetuous and, and there are just times I just jump out of the boat when, I, when it doesn't even make sense and he just says, go away, Lord. And now, and now he's back. Peter, that is. In the same boat on the same sea. You see, the most difficult journey is often back to the place where you failed. And Jesus knows that. And I think that's why he volunteers to go along. Hey, that first outing that you took was solo. Why don't you, why don't you let me go again with you this time? So now Peter's back again. Nets empty. And he's thinking... Never have I ever. A lot of people have wondered why Peter went back to fishing. After all, this is after the crucifixion. This is after the fact that, that Jesus has been seen to be resurrected. Peter himself went to the empty tomb and, and saw that the body was not there. Peter was with those who were meeting in an upper room and had Jesus appear miraculously with them. And, and hear Jesus say, peace be on you. And, and you would expect then that all of a sudden Peter... Well, then Peter would, he would be up on the mountaintops declaring. He would be building something, a place of worship, doing something because he was so excited about the return of Jesus. And yet what you find Peter does after the resurrection is that he returns to the place. He returns to the place where he had first met Jesus. Returned to the place where he had first realized that, you know what, maybe my failures are not fatal. 
lot of times people have said that maybe he went back because of despair, that he just went back and he decided he would go and enter the family business again and give up. But I, I think he had seen too much. I think the three years that he had lived with the Messiah had changed him. He had seen too many cripples walk. He had seen too many vacated graves. There were too many hours hearing Jesus' words. This was not the same Peter on Galilee. It might have been the same boat. It might have been the same nets. It might have been the same empty deck. But this was not the same Peter. He was different. And so why did he return? Why did he say, I'm going to go fishing? That's what I'm going to do. The Lord has returned and I'm going to go fishing. I think it's because hope dies hard for a person who has known Jesus. And I think that's what Peter has. And that's what brought him back. Hope. A bizarre hope that on the sea where he knew him first, that he would know him again. And so Peter's in the boat. And he's playing this whole never have I ever and it's going all through his mind. And then comes a voice from shore. Hey, you guys caught anything out there? Why don't you put your nets down on the other side? This time there's no argument. This time there doesn't appear to be any delay. And maybe with a smile on his face, Peter begins to work at the nets. He begins to, to throw them over. He begins to set everything right. And he waits. And he feels the pull of the rope that's taut around him. And his weight is set up against the side of the boat so that he can hold the net. And the smile just keeps increasing on his face. John, John was with him. And John says, you know what? I think it's the Lord. But here's the deal. I think Peter already knew. He already knew because that's why he was on the boat. That's why he was on the lake. That's why he was fishing. Because he had a hope. So he pulls at the nets. He pulls some more. And finally he can just stand it no longer. He gives the reins to those who are with him and he says, guys, sorry, you got to bring this in without me. I got to go to the shore. And there he goes again, jumping out of the boat and, and there he goes, practicing for his Iron Man. And he swims on in and there's Jesus. Not just Jesus the teacher, but Jesus the death defeater and Jesus the king. And Jesus, the victor over darkness. Jesus, the God of heaven and on earth, is on the shore and he's building a fire. And it's no coincidence that as Peter comes out of the water and he walks onto the shore, that there is the face of Jesus being lit by the same embers that Peter had just days before looked through and said, I don't know him. And for one of the few times in his life, Peter was silent. I mean, what words suffice? The moment is too holy. And Jesus offers him breakfast. He offers food to the friend 
who betrayed him. He offers a meal to the one that said, never will I ever. And then when the opportunity came, not once, not twice, but three times, failed. What do you say in a moment like that when you find grace on the shores of Galilee? Or what do you say? What do you say in a moment like that when you find grace? When you find grace around the grave of a loved one? What do you say when you find grace? There in the parking lot of Target. What do you do when you find grace there in your driveway at home? What do you do when you find grace on the ball field? What do you do when you find grace in the church house? What do you do when you promise, never will I ever, only to be told that because of grace, Jesus still wants to share a meal with you. You understand that's what we did earlier, right? You understand that, that earlier I stood up here with this sign and I said, it is because of grace that we have come. It is because of grace that we would take bread and cup. You understand that that was the moment. That that was the moment that Jesus was looking at you through the fiery embers. Knowing what you did this week. Knowing what you said last night. Knowing where it is that you have been. What you have been thinking. Knowing the person that you are right here and right now. And then he offers to eat with you. Because of grace. And so you took bread. And you took cup. And you received the precious gift of God. Father, we all know what it means. We all know what it means to let you down. We all know what it means to disappoint you. But Father, for those of us who have given ourselves over in faith to Jesus Christ, we also all know what it means to experience your grace. For those of us who have been covered, for those of us who have been washed, for those of us who have said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, and I trust Him for my salvation, we, we know what that grace means. And Father, we're not perfect. And Father, we don't say the right things. We don't go the right places. We never are involved in all the time the right activities. We try and we say, this time it's not going to be that way. It's going to change. But, but because of grace, Father, we keep coming back to the table. And we keep coming back and taking bread and cup. Because you have reminded us of your love through Jesus Christ. Father, we thank you today for your grace. May we live by it. May we be revived because of it. And Father, may we share that grace with others. In the name of Jesus that we pray. Amen. You know, I put this picture on social media this week.
going to ask to go ahead and fill it out and tell me what, what you believe it says. Terry said, because of grace, God will catch me when I fall. Sarah said, I can face tomorrow. And Gary said, I get a second chance. Just like Peter. And a third. And a fourth. And a fifth. Never have I ever Never have I ever let God down. I got to hold this up. Has God's grace ever let me down? And that's why we praise him. Maybe you need a second chance. Or a third. Or a fourth. Maybe your marriage needs a restart. Maybe you need a do-over in the relationship with your children. Maybe the example that you've been sharing out in this community has been so far from God. Maybe it's time for you to start again. I want to invite you to come and just confess that. I want to invite you to come. Some of our elders are going to be here and they're going to be willing to, to pray with you, to pray for you. There are going to be other members of our congregation, I have no doubt, who will join you down front, put their arms around you, and they will hold you up in the arms of grace. One of our elders will be in the back in our prayer room if you desire a time of private prayer. And if today is the day that you want to walk here and say, you know what, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, and I want to be baptized into His grace, then please run. Don't walk. Never have you ever seen anything like the grace of God. Let's stand and sing.